Therefore, I do not take the grace, the grace that I've received from him for granted. For if righteousness could be attained through the law, then Christ died for nothing. So the Apostle Paul says, because I believe in him, I've been crucified with him. And so my life no longer matters. Not that my life is not important. But now he's not living life based on his own terms. But he's living life based on the terms of God, based on the requirements of Christ. That is submission. Submission means that you have crucified everything that you are. You have let go of the old life. And now you are alive in Christ Jesus. And so now the life that you live is a life based on faith. This is also why we're discussing the subject of faith. He said, the life that I now live, I live by faith. Why? Because it is written that the just shall live by faith. The whole walk of the Christian life is a walk of faith. You can study the scripture all you want. If you can read from Genesis to Revelation, if you don't come to the point of revelation of faith in Christ Jesus, you're wasting your time. Because even the salvation that came to you came by faith. Everything we do is by faith. This is why I've taken the time. We're taking the time to discuss the subject of faith. Everything has to be by faith. And so he says, I've submitted myself. I'm crucified with Christ. And now I live by faith in him. So now we have to find out how is, how do you live by faith in Christ Jesus? But I want you to hold on to that thought. And let me finish this, this thought that I started. That when you submit, you let go of everything. And now you're fully dependent on God. You're fully dependent on Christ Jesus. This is why Jesus, when, when he brought some children to Jesus, Jesus said, anyone who does not accept or receive the kingdom of God like these little children will never enter it. Why? Why did Jesus make that comment? Because there are people that may believe in Christ, but they do not accept the fullness of the inheritance. They are not ready to let go of themselves. They are not ready to fully submit. If you do not fully submit, you will not come into the fullness of the glory in Christ Jesus. And this is something that I, I, not I'm, I'm, that I'm, oh, I'm fully there. It's something that I'm fully discovering. But it's, it, it's, a very, it's a very fine line between fully yielding to God and, and, and just laziness. There's a fine line. The people who think that because they fully submit to God, God does everything for them. So they should do nothing. That's ignorance. They do not understand the word of God. And there are people too who think that, well, God has given me this brain, you know, to work everything out, which is true. But because they think they have this, this knowledge from the world, they ignore the word of God and then try to do things on their own terms. This is why a lot of believers get into that work mood. This is where a lot of believers get into that work mode. And I, and I want to address these two, these two thoughts. These two uh, 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 thoughts. The first one. When you fully submit to God, 
That what the, what the scripture is describing is like fully trusting God like a child trusts his parents. A child who doesn't have much knowledge, who can help him or herself, the way they trust their, 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 their family, the way they trust their, their mother or father. That's how God expects us to trust in him. That is the submission. But fully trusting in God brings you to the point of wisdom. And we're going to get to that, that point. Fully trusting in God brings you to the point of wisdom. And that wisdom is that you will now begin to know what you must do because God works with us. What you must do in order to walk in the light of that faith that you have received. That is the wisdom. This is why scripture says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But knowledge of the Holy One, that is understanding. Proverbs 9 verse 10. And so fully submitting to God means that you are are leaving everything that you used to do in the past. You're casting it out of your life. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Said, behold, all things have become new. And so then the question is, how do you then submit? And when you submit, what happens to you? And if you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me to 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles, today, today we're, we're level setting. And, and then after that, we'll come, we'll come and tackle. Um, um, we'll, we'll pick it up from where we left off um, um, last two weeks. 2 Chronicles, chapter 7. So in 2 Chronicles, chapter 7, what, what happened is that Solomon, the, 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 there's a revelation here that I, that I want you to, to, to get. Solomon had finished building a temple for, for the Lord. And Solomon was ready to dedicate a temple to God. But Solomon did something that is in alignment with what the Spirit of the Lord spoke through the Apostle Paul in Romans 12 concerning submission, concerning how to, how to submit to God. So I read from the verse 1. Second Chronicles chapter 7, the verse 1. He said, when Solomon finished praying, so you, you read the, 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 head, the headline, and the headline is not always right. These headlines are, you know, the translators put that in there. But this headline is good. He said, the dedication of the temple. When Solomon finished praying, so this here, Solomon had finished building the temple in accordance with the instructions of God. And he was about to dedicate the temple to God. And so what Solomon did is Solomon offered a living sacrifice. Solomon offered a sacrifice. And, 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 and the understanding here, and, and I want to give you this before I read. Solomon built a temple to God. Why did Solomon build a temple for God? The reason Solomon built a temple for God is because in the old covenant, God dwelt in a temple. The Spirit of the Lord was kept hidden in the most holy of holies. And so they built a temple so that it could host the Ark of the Covenant, where which hosted the presence of God. And so the temple here represents where the Spirit of God dwells. If we, by revelation, 
try to understand it from the New Testament perspective. The Bible says that now God does not dwell in temples. In John 4, when Jesus met the Samaritan woman, he spoke about this same revelation. He said that a time is coming and now has come where true worshipers will not have to go to Jerusalem or over or on top of the mountain to worship God, but true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Because these are the kinds of worshipers the Father seeks. Because God is a spirit and therefore his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Why did Jesus make that statement? You come to 2 Corinthians 6, the verse 19. The Bible says, our body is the temple of the Lord. Why? Because in this new covenant, where you believe in Christ Jesus, you received a deposit of the spirit. Where you believed in Christ Jesus, you, your spirit was born again because your spirit was enlightened. Your spirit received the deposit of the spirit of God. This was what was spoken through the prophet Joel. Joel 2.28 In the last days I poured my spirit on all flesh. God has poured out his spirit. Now the spirit of God does not dwell in a physical temple. Now the spirit of God dwells in the bodies of men. People who have believed in him. And that is believers. You and I. So when you believed in him, the, the reason why, you see, when, when anyone believes in Christ Jesus, when, when you are born again fresh, the first thing that shows up in your spirit is this love. There's this joy, there's this love, there is this peace that shows up in your life. No matter what you're going through, even at that moment, there is peace. There is this joy, there is this inner peace, there is this inner joy. That's, there's this inner love that springs forth in you. This is what scripture talks about in Galatians 5. The fruit of the spirit. And that fruit of the spirit is the fruit of the born again spirit. And so when your spirit is born again, because now your spirit has come to know God and your spirit has received the deposit of God's spirit. This is where in Proverbs 20, the verse 27, it says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching the inmost part of the belly. And so when you believed in him, your, your spirit received a deposit of the spirit of God. And that's your born again spirit now began to bear fruit. And that first fruit is love. The first fruit of the born again spirit is love. But there are other fruits. And so the scripture tells us that the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is fruit. Of the born again spirit of man. And so that spirit of God that you received is in you, in your heart, is within you. But here, what Solomon was trying to do is that Solomon was trying to get the spirit of God to come and dwell in the temple because in the old covenant, they worshiped God in the temple. They worship God in the temple. Not that we should forsake the, assemb uh, the assembly of the believers in church or in, in a physical bu building where we meet together to fellowship. The spirit of God, the, 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 the scriptures encourage us. But that physical temple we go in, that's not 
where the Spirit of God dwells. The Spirit of God is in us. So that when we meet, there is a corporate anointing. Glory to God. When believers meet, because our spirit are born again, there is a deposit of the anointing of God in us. Because the, the, the Spirit brings the anointing. And so when we fellowship together with God, there is what we call the corporate anointing. A greater anointing of the Spirit of Christ. And He is glorified. And we edify each other. And so, Solomon was praying so that the Spirit of Christ, glory to God, the Spirit of God will come to dwell in the temple because they worship God in the temple. And you cannot worship God without His Spirit. You cannot worship God without the Spirit of God. This is what the Bible says. If any man does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. This is why I said that you cannot come into the purpose of God if you are not born again. If you have not believed in Christ Jesus, you cannot come to the specific purpose of God for your life. Because you cannot fellowship with God. You cannot descend the things of God. You cannot align with God. God is a spirit. And it is only by the Spirit that you can access God. So this is why when we are born again, He gives us a deposit of His Spirit. So that we can access Him. So this is why the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 5. He says, That since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith, into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast not in ourselves, but we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Hallelujah. He said, because we are born again, because we have received this salvation, because we have received this righteousness, now we have access. So the Spirit was so that we will have access. Glory to God. That is not the only function of the Spirit. There are different functions of, of, of the Spirit, many functions of the Spirit. But one of the first and foremost function of the Holy Spirit is to give you access to the kingdom of God. This is why in Matthew 16, when Jesus was speaking to the disciple, when Peter had come to that point of revelation and realized that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. He said, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father who is in heaven. And he said, You are Peter. And upon this rock, you see, the rock that Jesus was talking about was not Peter. And there are people who study the word of God with a carnal mind. And they said what, G what God was talking about was Peter as a rock. No. What Jesus was talking about is upon this rock. That rock is the revelation. Upon this revelation. That I am the Messiah, the son of God. That I will build my church. God is not building his church based on Peter. He's building his church based on the revelation. That Jesus is the Messiah, the son of God. Why? What's the proof of this? The proof is that any man who comes to know the Lord Jesus gets revelation of him. You cannot come to Christ if the Spirit of God does not enlighten your spirit for you to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that he died for your sin and was raised to life. This is why Romans 10, from the verse 8 to 10, tells us, that it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. He said, for this is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. That if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And profess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe. 
and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So you see, it, it, it starts, the journey of the believer starts by believing in him. And so that revelation that he is the Messiah, the son of God, is what will bring people into receiving the spirit of God. And that is what you and I have. That is what, what happened to each and every one of us. <clears throat> but Jesus did not stop there. He continued. He said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. You remember in John 3, when Jesus was teaching Nicodemus, he said something. He said, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And he continues his teaching. He said, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Being born of water is a sign of repentance. Water is also indicates a type of the spirit. This is the message that was spoken through John. John said, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is greater than I. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And so you see that before anyone can even come to Christ, they have to repent. And so that is part of the salvation message is that I repent of my sin. And that sin is not anything you're doing now. That sin is not what the person is doing at that moment. That sin is the original sin of Adam. You're moving away from that death life through Adam. And now you're coming to the eternal life in Christ Jesus. And so when you're saying that you've repented, it is not something you're doing now. What God what God would punish man for is not what they are doing now. Although you have to give account of what you're doing. But for the original purpose of God, it's tied to Adam. So the Bible says, through one man, all sinned and all died. But through Christ Jesus, all are made alive and all have eternal life. But that eternal life only comes by accepting what Christ did. And so the only difference between us and the unbelievers, the people who do not believe in Christ, is because they have not accepted that love. They have not accepted what God has already given them. Either they have not heard the word, or they have heard the word and they have resisted the word. It's either two. They have a hardened heart of unbelief where somebody has preached to them about Christ, but they have not received it. Or they have not heard at all. This is why we've been mandated to go out and minister the gospel. That is why it is called the good news. Jesus did not die only for believers. He died for the world. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have an everlasting life. And he continues. He said for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Jesus did not come to condemn anyone. Because what Jesus came to fulfill, what Jesus came to take away, what Jesus came to restore, is not this your sin that you're doing. What he came to restore was what men lost or what human beings lost through Adam. Adam started this whole thing. So what Jesus came to restore is what was lost through Adam. But the moment you believe in him, the Apostle Paul in Romans 12, the verse 2, what he's telling them is that the moment you believe in him, but that mercy that took you out of the deadness in Adam and brought you to life in Christ Jesus, after that you have received this grace, after that you've come into this inheritance, submit yourself. 
Submit yourself then to God. If you want to be able to identify the purpose of God for your life, if you want to be able to come into the specific will of God for your life, it starts with submission. And that was what Solomon was trying to do. Solomon was dedicating the temple to God. And, and I want to read this. Is that when Solomon finished praying, after he presented the living sacrifice, Solomon prayed. And let's see what happened. When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. After Solomon prayed, fire came down from him and consumed the burnt offering. Which means that Solomon already had a sacrifice. That sacrifice, that burnt offering was a sacrifice. Was a sacrifice that he had prepared for God. But when he prayed, when he presented that sacrifice, when he submitted that offering, that, that sacrifice is an offering. And so the same way Solomon offered a living sacrifice, we are called so in order that the glory of the Lord will come to dwell in the temple. Now by revelation, the apostle Paul writing to the church to us that in order for us to also attract the glory, glory to God, in order for us to come into the purpose of God, we have to submit. And when you submit, that is your offering yourself as a living sacrifice. He said, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priest could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. And when all the Israelites saw, fire came down from heaven. And the glory of the Lord above the temple. They knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground. And they worshipped and gave thanks to the Lord saying, He is good, glory to God. And his love endures forevermore. Hallelujah. You see, this fire here represents the Holy Spirit. You remember in Acts 2, when the disciples were in the upper room, after they prayed, after they prayed, what did they do? They offered themselves as a sacrifice. They dedicated themselves to Christ. And so what Solomon was doing here was that he was dedicating the temple that he has built to God. So in the same way, when we give our life to Christ, what the Apostle Paul is saying that you have to dedicate this body, dedicate your life as a living sacrifice to God. And when you dedicate your life to God, what happens is that the glory, you wait on the Lord, the glory of the Lord will come to fill you up. And this is what happened in the upper room. When they dedicated themselves to God and prayed, when they prayed, the Bible says they saw what seemed to be like tongues of fire on the head of everyone in that assembly. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. So this, that revelation is what is depicted here. What happened in the upper room is also what is depicted here. Because when Solomon offered that sacrifice... What Solomon was trying to do is to attract the glory of the Lord to come to fill the temple of God. Glory to God. In order for the Spirit of God to come to fill you up, you have to dedicate yourself through sacrifice. And that dedication of, through sacrifice for us is submission. 
submitting to the will of God, submitting to the authority of the word, submitting to Christ Jesus. He said, when you submit and you pray, the glory of the Lord will fill you up. Because what Solomon wanted was the spirit of God in that temple. Without the spirit of God, when they go to worship God in the temple, they will not get any benefit. They will not get any direction for their life. And so Solomon knew that in order for them to get direction for their lives, in order for them to benefit from fellowship with God, they needed to dedicate the temple to God. The same way, in order for us to be able to get direction for our lives, in order for us to get specific instruction, in order for us to be aligned with the will of God for our lives, we have to dedicate ourselves. And dedication of ourselves, our body is the temple. Dedicate ourselves to the Lord. Until you dedicate yourself to the Lord, you will not come into the specific will for your life. It starts with dedication through sacrifice. And that is what we call submission. So the whole point of submission is dedication through sacrifice. But what we see here is that when, when Solomon offered this living sacrifice, and he prayed, something happened. The Spirit of the Lord, what we read, he said, and the glory of the Lord uh, filled the temple. Fire came down from heaven and consumed the sacrifice. You see, in reference to what we saw in Acts, in the book of Acts, when they met in the upper room and they prayed, the Bible said they saw what seemed to be like tongues of fire alighting on them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. You see, they were filled with the Spirit of God because they dedicated themselves and prayed. And so when they dedicated themselves and prayed, it attracted the presence of God. And so the same presence of God that came to consume Solomon's sacrifice is the same presence of God that came to alight on the heads of those believers in the upper room and the glory of the Lord, the anointing, the Holy Spirit filled them up. Glory to God. And when the Holy Spirit filled them up, the Bible says now they began to walk in the purpose of God because that same day they began to preach because those people were called to minister the gospel. And so that same day when the glory came to fill them up. When the Spirit came to fill them up, they stepped out. Peter began to preach. That same day, 3,000 people gave their life to Christ. How? Why didn't they do, uh, why didn't they go out preaching before they waited and dedicated themselves to God for the Spirit to fill them up? Because Jesus told them that wait in Jerusalem for the gift that my Father promised. That when he, the spirit of truth comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, you will receive power. Glory to God. And so the reason why we dedicate ourselves, the reason why we submit ourselves to the authority of Christ is so that we'll be aligned with the purpose of Christ. So that we will receive power. We will receive direction for the life that God has called us to live. So the reason why a lot of us get frustrated and we don't know where to go is because we have not fully dedicated ourselves to God. The full dedication starts by believing in Christ. That's where it starts. When you now that you are believing in Christ, this is what the Apostle Paul. If you are, if you have opened to Romans twelve verse two, I want us to go back to it quickly. He said, "Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy." 
And so that view of God's mercy is the mercy of God that has brought you to himself. The Israelite Solomon could not offer a living sacrifice if he did not know God. So it starts by knowing God. Solomon could only offer the living sacrifice, could only know what to do because he knew the Lord. And he knew how to submit to God. He knew how to dedicate to God. And so in order for you to be able to even come, this is why I said in order for you to be able to come to know the specific will and purpose of God for you, it starts with, uh, it starts with you believing in him. Because when you believe in him, now you have the deposit of the spirit of God. And so now you can, this, and I want to take the time to differentiate between it. Being born again, receiving the deposit of the spirit of God is different from being filled with the Holy Spirit. You can have a deposit of the Spirit of God and not be filled with the Holy Spirit. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that is what manifests as the speaking of tongues. So that is an infilling. So when you're born again, you have a deposit of the Spirit, which is good. But that is not all the anointing there is. You can dedicate yourself or believe the word of God and receive that gift. The Holy Spirit gives you power. The infilling of the Spirit comes with power. It comes with authority. It comes with an enablement. This is why we encourage believers to, to receive the gift of the Spirit. To receive the gift of the, of, of, of the Spirit. That is the speaking of other tongues. You, the infilling. It's not just speaking in tongues. Before you can even speak in tongues, it starts with the infilling of the Spirit. The infilling of the Spirit brings you power. This is what Jesus says when He the Spirit of when He comes, you receive power and you be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and to the ends of the earth. And so Romans 12 here, he said, offer your bodies as a, a living sacrifice. And that living sacrifice is that dedication through sacrifice. Solomon had to do that in order for the Spirit of God to come and dwell the temple. In order for the Spirit of the Lord to fill the temple. But this new covenant, our body is the, is the temple of God. And so in the same way that Solomon had to offer a living sacrifice in order for the Spirit of Christ to come and dwell in the temple, we also have to offer ourselves dedicate ourselves to God in order for us to be filled with the Spirit. And why is that in this infilling of the Spirit so important? And here he makes mention of the dedication through sacrifice, what, what, what that entails. He said to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, because this is your true and proper worship. You see here what we read in 2 Chronicles. That when Solomon offered that living sacrifice, and the glory of the Lord came down on fire and consumed that burnt offering, the Bible says the glory, uh, the glory of the Lord filled that temple. The priest could not feel, enter the temple because of the glory of the Lord that filled it. He said when the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground and they worshipped him. You see? You see, you see that same thing here. That after they offered the living sacrifice, the apostle Paul said, 
as offering your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, because this is your true and proper worship. Why? Because wherever the presence of the Lord is, he demands worship. And in the worship we have is we worship God in spirit. This is what Jesus testified to the Samaritan woman. That a time is coming and now has come where true worship is. We worship the Father not in the temple, not over the, on top of a mountain, but in spirit. And so when you receive that deposit of the spirit, th- this is what the other translates a reasonable service. That reasonable service is because now you have come to the point of alignment with the Spirit of God for the service that God has called you to do. That is the specific will of God for your life. And so when you dedicate yourself, what happens is that it allows the Spirit of God to come in your life and gives you gives you direction and gives you authority to be able to walk in the light of the specific will of God for your life. How do we know? You may ask, how do I know that if I submit myself to God, then now that I'll be filled with the Holy Spirit, then I can begin to walk in the purpose of God. Read the verse 2. The verse 2, so uh, uh, the Apostle Paul, when he spoke this revelation, he's saying that this is your true and proper worship. The whole point of proper worship, we're called to fellowship with God. You see, that proper worship, the other translation said reasonable service. So service, we're called into service to God. We're called into service to God. And so that reasonable service can only come when you have dedicated yourself. And that is what we call identifying the specific will of God for you. Each and every one of us have been called to a particular service to God. We've been called into a particular service to God. But in order for you to be able to identify that service, in order for you to be able to identify what God has called you to do, it starts with dedication through sacrifice. You dedicate your life to God and then you wait on the Lord in prayer The Bible says the Spirit of God will fill you up. And when you're full of the Holy Spirit, now you can begin to walk in that service. Walk in that service that God has called you to. This is what happened to the, the disciples in the upper room. When they waited on the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord came down as fire, consumed them. You see, what Solomon, when Solomon dedicated was the temple, the physical temple. Because that's the old covenant. He, God dwelt in a temple. In the new covenant, the spirit of God now dwells in us. And so the Bible says he makes his angels spirits and his servants flames of fire. The spirit comes down as fire and consumes you, enters you. And when the spirit of God enters you, he said, now this is your true and reasonable service. Because the Spirit will bring you, the Bible calls the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, the Comforter, the Advocate, the Spirit of Truth, because He brings you into the truth of your calling and election. He brings you into the truth of the specific will of God for your life. And so when you allow, when you dedicate yourself to Christ, 
And now we're, we're later on, we're going to look at how in the new covenant, how do we then dedicate ourselves to God? But the point that I want to make here, the verse two in Romans 12, verse two, this is how we know that what the apostle Paul is speaking here is that, that this dedication will bring you into alignment with the will and the specific or the specific purpose of God for your life. The verse 2, he said, do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He said, after you submitted yourself to God, when the spirit of Christ has come to dwell in you, now it's time. So two things in order to enter, in order to identify that specific will of God for your life, dedication through sacrifice which allows you to be filled with the Spirit of God. And that Spirit of God is the enabler. You see, we said the Spirit gives you access. The Spirit of Christ is so that you have access to the things of the Spirit. The infilling of the Spirit brings you power and authority and specific direction. And he said that specific direction is not enough. But after you have received that, then now do not behave like the world. And this is also happens to a lot of us. That although we have dedicated ourselves to Christ, although we have come into this new life in Christ Jesus, we still continue to live like the way the world lives. We're not called to live like they do. The Bible calls the people in the world the realms of the dead. The realms of the dead is not that they are physically dead, but that they are spiritually dead. They cannot descend the things of God. They cannot, they, they are not sensitive to the, the, the spirit of God because they do not have the spirit of Christ. And so they behave differently because they do not know Christ, because they do not know God. They behave differently. And so if you conform to their way, to conform means to shape like. Conforming to something is your shaping, you're behaving like something. And so if the what the apostle Paul is telling us, do not shape yourself, do not behave like the people in the world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why does he say that in order for us to come to the point of identifying a specific will of God for us, we have to renew our mind? Because before we came to Christ Jesus, this mind is not born again. <coughs> Let me take a step back <coughs> to explain this. When you believed in Christ Jesus, what was born again was your spirit. Jesus said, the spirit gives birth to the spirit. God, who's the spirit, has given birth to you in your spirit. But this mind is not, is not, is not born again. This is why this mind can think of crazy things. It can think of all sorts of things even after you're born again. Why? Because this mind is not born again. It is not your mind that is born again. But it is your spirit that is born again. But this born again spirit has to Work with your mind to bring you in alignment with the specific will of God. But in order for you to come into alignment with the specific will of God, then this mind, which has been fed a lot of junk from the world, this mind, which has been fed a lot of untruth from the world, this mind, which is used to operating in a specific way, this mind, which is used to behaving the way people behave, this mind, which is used to uh, pleasing people, this mind, which is used to retaliating against people, 
This mind does not has to be brought into alignment. Then the only way you can bring this mind into alignment with the spirit that you have received is to renew it. And how do you renew your mind? With the word of God. This is why we study scripture. This is why this word is given to us. And lo and behold, this word is also the source of faith. So actually, what is happening is that when you're renewing your mind with the word of God, you are building your faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. This is what Romans 10, the verse 17, the same book of Romans, you go to the verse 10, you go back to the verse 10, it says, Therefore faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And it is this word that renews your mind. Glory to God. And so the whole point... Is that when you dedicate yourself, if you want to be able to identify and walk in the specific purpose and will of God for your life. Dedication through sacrifice, which attracts and brings the infilling of the spirit of God in you. Brings you the power and the authority and the direction of God for your life. But in order for you to be able to walk in the wisdom, glory to God. In order for you to be able to walk in that light. This mind has to be renewed because this mind has to be brought in alignment with the will of God. And he said, so that's what he said. The only way that this mind will be corrupted, the only way that this mind can come to the point of being aligned with the specific will of God for you is so is by you not conforming to the ways of the world. And unfortunately, that is the biggest Deception and the biggest problem for a lot of us. We like to live like the world does. We like to behave like the world does. But the scripture says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. <laughs> and, and what struck me is, 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 the, is that second phrase. Then... And I want you to pay attention to this is a very powerful revelation. Then you will be able to test and approve. Not somebody is going to test for you. You yourself will be able to test and approve what God's will is. You see, so here, you see, here the whole point of this revelation that the Apostle Paul is writing to church, to the church, writing to all of us, is so that we will come to the specific will of God for our lives. That we will come to the specific will of God for our lives. You cannot come to the, uh, the specific will of God for your life when your mind is still behaving. If your mind is not renewed with the word of God, if you're still behaving like the way the world does, if you're still living like the way the world does, why? Because the world, the world you do not know Christ. That is the realm of the dead. They do operate in ignorance of the Lord Jesus. They operate contrary to the word of God. They do not have the spirit of Christ. So they cannot discern the things of the spirit. But you who have believed in Christ Jesus. Who have dedicated yourself to Christ. Now you have received a deposit of the spirit. But the only thing that can quench that spirit. Is when you go back and behave like the people in the world. But this is what the scripture tells us in, in Thessalonians. He said do not quench the spirit. When you conform to the ways of the world, you will quench the spirit. And it is the spirit who is the truth. 
The spirit is the truth. Excuse me. The spirit is the truth. The spirit. You receive the spirit so that one, you have access to the spirit will brings you will bring you into the truth of the direction or the specific will of God for your life. But if you quench the spirit by behaving like the people in the world, by living your life based on the knowledge of the world, he said, you cannot test and approve. Why? Because now you become insensitive to the spirit of God. You become insensitive to the things of God. You will quench. This is what the Bible says. The mind governed by the flesh. The flesh, the, the, the world, they live according to feelings. They live according to the flesh. How they feel. They, 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 they live according to the flesh. This is what the Apostle Paul in Romans, Romans 1, Romans 2, is that they have killed all sensitivity and they have given themselves over to sensuality, senses. They live according to the senses. But scripture tells us in, in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We do not walk by our senses. We walk by the word of God that is walking by faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And he said here that do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we renew our mind with the word of God. And that word of God is the source of faith. Glory to God. And so when you have renewed your mind with the word of God by faith, you will be able to test and know the specific will of God. That then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. I believe when this when this message came to me, what 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 was laid on my heart is this. I believe this is the first and foremost message that any believer should hear. What I titled that message was this. How to live in the purpose of God. How to build uh, a spirit-filled and successful life in Christ Jesus. That, that, that's how I titled that, that, that message. That this was the first message the Lord gave me when he touched me. This was the first and foremost message. And I believe the Holy Spirit brought me to this message because he wanted me to understand. First and foremost, in order for me to be able to walk in the purpose of God for my life, first, I have to dedicate myself. I have believed in him. Fine. The Bible says you believe in God. Fine. Even the demons believe and shudder. Believing is not enough. After you have believed, what happens then? Do you then just sit down and do what everyone else is doing? The, Bible, the Apostle Peter writing to the church. He said, therefore, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. Which is identify that specific service or specific will or specific purpose that God has called you to. And the Holy Spirit brought me to this word. The first word that was ever given to me was this message. So that I will be able by dedication and sacrifice and not conforming to the ways of the world. I'll be able to identify because the scripture says that then you will be able to test Nobody's going to test it for you. How can you test? The question is, how can you test? How can I know that this is the will of God for me? This is what happened. Because now you've dedicated. 
because you have dedicated yourself to God, now you, you the Spirit of God is active in you. And so now you are sensitive to the moving of the Spirit. And so because of the Spirit of Christ in you, as you feed on the Word of God, as you renew your mind with the Word of God, you yourself, nobody will tell you. The Bible says in John 2, 1 John 2, the verse 28, it said, As for you, the anointing that you have received teaches you about all things. And as that anointing is real and not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in Him. As, because you have believed in Christ Jesus, you have received that deposit of the Spirit. That deposit of the Spirit is the anointing. And so when you dedicate yourself to God, what you're doing is that now you are caught you're asking you're asking God to fill you glory to God fill you with more of the spirit because the Bible says for he gives the spirit without limit and when you are filled with the spirit glory to God and then you begin to speak you see when you begin to speak in other tongues you become infilled with the Holy Spirit when you become infilled with the Holy Spirit the Bible says it comes with power it comes with authority it comes with direction. And he said, that is your reasonable service. But you cannot start walking in the light of it. You cannot begin to walk in the, in the light of it if you do not know what that service is. But he says, in order for you to know what that service is, the first thing is, do not behave like the people in the world. Do not live like the way the world does. Because if you live like the way the world does, you will corrupt the spirit. Glory to God. You will quench the spirit. Because it is written, is that the mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. He said, the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. And the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. So the reason why we should not conform to the ways of the world is because what the world desires is contrary to what the spirit of Christ desires. But if you do not conform to the ways of the world, but renew your mind with the word of God, then you have renewed your mind with the word of faith. Then by faith, you will be aligned. You yourself will be able to test because you have the spirit of truth in you. You yourself will be able to test and approve what God's will for you is. I don't know who this message is for. This is not the direction I intended to take. This morning, but I believe the Spirit of the Lord leading me in a specific path here. That He wants us to come to that point, go back to the basics. This message is also for me. Go back to the basics. If you have not dedicated yourself to Christ, if you dedicated yourself and you have moved away, you can rededicate yourself, you can resubmit yourself. And we said, when you resubmit yourself, he will give you an infilling of the Spirit. And that infilling of the Spirit is your true and reasonable service. Because it is the Spirit that brings you into the fulfillment of it. You cannot fulfill your mission on earth. You cannot walk in the light of his glory. You cannot fulfill the purpose of God for your life if you do not have the Spirit of Christ. Because the Spirit gives you that enablement. The Spirit causes you to walk in alignment with his will. Glory to God. Because he said, the Spirit testifies. Glory to God. It is the Spirit who testifies. The Spirit always testifies to the word about Christ. He said, after you have received the deposit of the Spirit for power and direction, now it is you have to take note so that you do not behave like the people in the world. So the Apostle Paul is starting with a caution because he knows that you can receive the Spirit when you dedicate the Spirit of Christ will be poured out in you. But if you, it is 
one thing to receive the spirit and it is another thing to quench the spirit. If you receive the fullness of the spirit and quench the spirit, it will be of no use to you. You still cannot walk in the light of the purpose of God for your life. And I believe this is what has happened to a lot of us. There are people that have received the deposit of the spirit. There are people too who have received the infilling of the spirit on top of that. But after they receive the infilling of the spirit, now they have gone back to the old ways. They have gone back to the world and living like the way the world does. When you live out like the way the world does, what you do is that you quench the spirit of God because the world does not know God. And when you quench the spirit of God, you will not be able to test and approve because now you have quenched the spirit of truth. Jesus said, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will bring you to all the truth. He will testify about me. So it is the spirit that testifies to the specific will of God for your life. He said he will make known to you what is yet to come. So in order for you to be able to even walk in the light of your purpose, the spirit, that deposit of the spirit of Christ in you would even give you the direction ahead. Glory to God. This is the confidence we have. This is the hope we have in him. That because of the spirit of Christ in us and because we have renewed our mind with the word of God, we'll be able to walk in the light of not what, what, what God is doing now, but also know what he will do in the future in our lives. Glory to God. Because it is written, the steps of the righteous is ordered by the Lord. Glory to God. But in order for your steps to be ordered by God, it requires dedication through sacrifice. It requires not you conforming to the ways of the world. It requires you moving away from the things of this world and coming into the light and life in Christ Jesus and coming into the word of God. And when you have renewed your mind with the word of God, then your spirit and your mind are in alignment with the will of God. So he says, now you can test and approve what God's will is. Hallelujah. And so this is a very, very important message for all of us. This is very, very important for all of us. Excuse me. It is very, very important for all of us that we have to recognize that in order for us to identify the specific will of God for our lives, now that we're believers, it starts with that dedication. And the whole point of that dedication, and I'll come to how we dedicate our, our, ourselves to God. There's a typical example where we see what we saw in Acts. The disciples did. There's also another example in Acts that... Uh, the, the, the disciples in, in, a, in a church uh, in Antioch, they, they dedicated themselves and, and, and worshiped God. They waited on the Lord. And then after they waited on the Lord, that is also a form of dedication. So that dedication is not just a one-time thing that you do. That every stage in your life, you have to, and you are going to take a path for your life. You have to dedicate yourself to God and allow the Spirit of Christ to infill you, allow the Holy Spirit to bring you to alignment. And then after you've done that, you see the Spirit will speak. But whenever the Spirit speaks, because the Spirit testifies to the Word of God, when the Spirit speaks, it is always in alignment with the Word of God. He said, then renew your mind with the Word of God. Because when you renew your mind with the Word of God, then 
He said, you'll be able to test. Then you have all the basic components of you now fully dedicated to God. Your spirit, which is born again. Your body, which now hosts the spirit of God. And now your mind, your mind, which is now in alignment with the thinking. The Bible says we should fix our thoughts on Christ Jesus. And the scripture says, for we have the mind of Christ. How can you have the mind of Christ? Renewing it with the word of God. So it is not a one-time thing. It is something you continue to do. And this is what I have noticed. That the more you feed on the word of God, the more you renew your mind with the word of God, the more it becomes easy to clear thoughts of the past, to clear um, every, because the scripture tell us, in, in Isaiah, Isaiah 43, the verse 18, he said, forget the former things. And so that is one of the ways the devil deceives us. He tries to bring mistakes of the past. He you know, mistakes of the past. And then try to make you think about something good not happening for you because of the mistake of the past. That's not scriptural. That's, that's of the devil. It's not of God. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. He says, see that all things have become new. And he prophesied this through the prophet Isaiah. He said, forget the four more things. Do not dwell on the past. He says, see that I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? You see, do you not perceive it? You can only perceive what God is doing when you have his spirit. Glory to God. You can only perceive what God is doing if you are aligned with the spirit of God. This is why he said, do not conform to the pattern of the world. If you conform to the pattern of the world, the world, they do not live by perception of the spirit because their spirit is dead. The Bible calls them the realm of the dead. He said, when you believed in Christ Jesus, you part from, you pass from death to life. Why? Because now you have the spirit of Christ in you. Glory to God. And by that spirit, the spirit brings you, brings you into sensitivity to the things of God. It brings you to access. He said the spirit gives us access. God, Jesus said, he said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Glory to God. So now keys means access. If you have a key to a place, it means you have access to that place. He said, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Because you are born of the spirit of of God. Now you can enter the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God is not a physical kingdom. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of the spirit because God is a spirit. The things God has established for his people are things that are established in the spirit. So without the spirit of God you cannot access the things of God. Glory to God. This is why we have received the deposit of the spirit. But without the word also. So once you have the spirit of Christ then now you are sensitive. He said now do you not perceive it i am making a way in the wilderness glory to god and streams in the wasteland glory to god god is making a way for us in the wilderness because we have to pass through the wilderness in order to get to the promised land but the good news is that the lord jesus already fulfilled the principle of the wilderness in matthew 4 the bible says jesus full of the spirit was led by the spirit into the wilderness he said because of the spirit that we have received we have already overcome because the bible says oh since the children have flesh and blood you read hebrews 2 
since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. The fear of death, that death is what is spiritual death. But Jesus has broken, Jesus has broken the spiritual death. Jesus has broken the bondage of darkness. Jesus has broken that bondage. Jesus has broken that curse. Jesus has broken that infirmity. Jesus has broken everything that comes from the devil. And he has set us free and brought us into this life. But you can only come into this life and walk in the fullness of his purpose. If you dedicate yourself to him. And when you dedicate yourself to him, you receive the infilling of the spirit. Excuse me. And when you receive the infilling of the Spirit, excuse me. When you receive the infilling of the Spirit, that now, he said, that now renew your mind with the Word of God. Renew your mind with the Word. Because the Word is a source of faith. Because you have to be able to come to the point of faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to receive anything from God. Without faith, it is impossible to overcome Satan. Without faith, it is even impossible to receive healing. Everything has to be by faith. And lo and behold, when you're renewing your mind with the word of God, you're also building your faith. So this is why the Bible is so important. This is why when anyone is born again, the first thing that your spirit, you see, your spirit becomes attracted to the word of God. Your spirit becomes attracted to the word of God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit in you is directing you to how you can come into the specific will of God for you. And so somebody may say, but the Bible is not, like when I read it, it's just about stories. To the people who do not have the spirit, this is why he gives us the spirit. Because before he talks about the renewing of your mind. This is why he gives us the spirit. Because the spirit is the truth. This is why Jesus, this is why in the new covenant, he gives us the spirit. Because the spirit is the truth. It's the spirit of God that brings you into the truth of the word. And so the spirit and the word work together in us. To align us with the specific will of God. And the Bible is saying that that specific will of God, you yourself, you yourself, can test it. Nobody has to test this for you. You yourself, you yourself, can test the specific will of God for your life. And, and then I want to tell you a little bit about that specific will of God. This, this, this got me super excited when I first read it. He said, what God's will is. So the, the second part of the verse 2, Romans 12, the verse 2, said that you'll be able to test and approve you. You yourself can test and approve because now you have the spirit of Christ in you. You have the spirit of truth in you. And the spirit of truth will bring you into the truth of what his will is for your life. But... The question is, if you are still, if you are the sound of my voice and still trying to figure out what God has called you to do, I, w- I want you to follow this step 
what we're discussing here. Dedicate yourself to God in, in, in your fellowship. And that dedication is offering yourself to God. So, Father, I leave everything that I am to you. From this day forward, I want to know you and I want to identify the purpose that you have for my life. You dedicate yourself as a living sacrifice. And that living sacrifice, what, what I've seen in the New Testament, what most people did is dedicate themselves through prayer and feeding on the word of God. What they called waiting on the Lord. John the Baptist had to wait on the Lord in the wilderness. And so he writes in John 3, the friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for his voice. And is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. He said that joy is mine. And it's not complete. Anytime you wait on the Lord and the Lord brings you, brings, gives you a word, gives you that specific direction, there's, there's joy. There's joy that comes because now you know what you're supposed to do. Hallelujah. And so what I would say is that dedicate yourself to God in prayer and in feeding of the word of God. When you do that, you don't have to do anything. Your, your spirit will be enlightened. You see, you, you'll be trained then all of a sudden, you know what you're supposed to do. I have tried it. Many people have tried it. It works because that is the will of God. That is the word of God. But the caution he gives is don't conform to the ways of the world. And the reason why we say through the meditation in the word of God, because that's how you renew your mind. Because your mind, our minds have been fed a lot of junk from the world. But in order for us to be aligned with the purpose of God for our lives, we have to renew our mind. We have to bring this mind in alignment with the Spirit of God in our hearts. So that is why we renew our mind. So that when your mind is fully conformed to the ways of Christ, when your mind is fully renewed with the Word of God and you have come to the point of faith, it will manifest by peace. And the scripture says, you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. And let's listen to this will of God. Three words it uses, it uses, uh, it uses in, this, in, this pass, uh, in this scripture. It said, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I want us to look at the other translation. Let's see New King James and see what the New King James says in terms of this specific will of God. Um, Romans 12, the verse 2. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. He said, as I was mentioning, that when you dedicate yourself, you come to, he calls it, that is your form of a reasonable service. That reasonable service is your purpose. What service have you been called to do? And he said, and do not, on top of that, do not conform to this world because the Bible says Satan is the God of this world. The Bible says we're, we're children of God and the whole world is under the control of the evil one. So the reason why there's a lot of craziness going on in the world, I'm not surprised. If you're a believer, you should not be surprised of what is going on in the world. I'm not surprised because our God is not the God of this world. And later on, I, 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 I will teach on this. Our father is not a God of this world. Adam was supposed to be the God of this world. 
When Adam sinned and committed high treason, he handed the authority back to Satan. So Satan now is the God of this world. But Jesus came to restore. And so Hebrews 2, and before we end, we end this teaching, I'll read that, that, that scripture to you. But I don't want to digress. So I want to stay on point. So the verse 2 said, And do not conform, be, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove, that you may prove what, what is that good. You see, this is the will of God. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? You yourself will be able to prove. The, the NIV said you'll be able to test and approve. Here, he said you'll be able to prove what is that good. And so three, the same three words here. The will of God is good. It is acceptable. What, what I call the pleasing, the NIV says pleasing and acceptable. And I think, you know, by explanation, by the understanding that was given me through the spirit, it's, it's, it's the same. The will of God, first of all, is good. So no matter what you're called to do, no matter what God has called you to do, that will of God for you is good. So there are people who say, well, I am sick. This sickness is in my body. So it may be the will of God. Sickness doesn't sound as something that is good, does it? Sickness is an oppression of Satan. Acts 10.38, Peter testified in Cornelius' household, said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went about doing good. See, the good has come again. God's will for us is first of all good. This is why when Jesus went about, the first thing he started doing is good. How he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. Healing all that were oppressed by the devil. So sickness is an oppression of Satan. No matter whether you're born with it, no matter whether you got it here, it is not of God. And, and, and it sickens me to hear men of God, they may have somebody sick. He said, oh, God allowed it. Yes, God allowed, you know, and, and, and a typical example, like a man, one, one of my, uh, I call him my, my spiritual mentor. He says, this, well, if you want to stop by the filling station and go rob that filling station, God would allow you. It doesn't mean God, uh, God approves of it. Sickness is an oppression of Satan. God is not, a, is the, not the author of sickness. If God was the author of sickness, then he would be fighting against himself. Because in, in, in Isaiah 53, he made Jesus pay the price for sickness. He said, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. That was the prophecy of Isaiah. You come to Matthew's testimony about the Lord Jesus in Matthew 8. When Jesus went into Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was now with a fever. The scripture says, Jesus bent over her. You combine Matthew, Mark, or Luke's testimony together. He bent over her and rebuked the fever. And immediately, the fever left her. See, the sickness, they can hear. But what they do here is not our words. They hear the word of God. 
Why? Because the word is Christ Jesus himself. The word is a spirit. The word is powerful. The Bible says the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. So what they do here is the word of God. He said, and the fever left her. And then she began to wait on them. During the evening, they brought all the sick people. And the Lord healed all of them. Not some of them, all of them. And, they, and those filled with impure spirit. The Bible says he drove out the spirit with a word. And the point that I'm coming to is the verse 17. And 18, he said, this was to fulfill. So healing is already fulfilled through Christ. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. That himself, Jesus of Nazareth, took up our infirmities and bore our disease. Peter also testifies in 1 Peter 2.24. That himself bore our sicknesses. Took up our pain and bore our sicknesses and diseases. Jesus paid the price for it. So sickness does not come from God. And, and, and it sickens me when I hear men of God saying, well, my child is sick and God gave me this because he's giving me the grace to be able to take care of it. That's unscriptural. That's actually unscriptural. God is not the author of sickness. Satan is the author of sickness. And until we understand the source of our opposition, until we understand who our enemy is, our enemy is not human beings. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, and against the rulers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We fight against principalities and powers and the princes of the earth that create sicknesses. They may create it through microbes, microorganisms. I don't care in what format it comes. What I do know is that the word is already being fulfilled. So if you're sick, don't think God caused that sickness in the body. It is not of God. Because if God caused it, then he'd be working against himself. Because Jesus has already paid the price for it. But when the sickness come, when the sickness come, you can drive it out by the power of the word of God. You can drive it out by the power of God. God is still a healer. But thank God he has also provided many avenues for us to be healed. If one avenue doesn't work for you, the word of God always works. The word of God always works. But we are not able to bring ourselves to the point of faith to receive what God has freely given us. And so the whole point of this renewal of our mind is so that we'll be able to come into his will, his purpose for us. But there are many that do not believe. And the Bible says we should show mercy. You know, uh, there are levels of faith. In the scripture, the Bible calls Jesus, Jesus calls a man great faith. The faith exhibited by one man because he just believed the word of God. He said, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. And he said something that, that struck me. And I think that word should cause every believer to start thinking. That word that Jesus spoke should cause every believer to start thinking. Excuse me. And, and that word is this. Jesus said, 
truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. That I tell you that many will come from the east and the west, and they will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then the understanding that was given to me through the Spirit is this. That there are many that have believed in Christ Jesus for a long time. There are many that were even born into it. Being born as a Christian doesn't make you a child of God. Being born into the church doesn't make you know Christ Jesus. You have to accept him. And so there are many that will be in a church. And when the Lord Jesus come, they'll be surprised. That the Lord will say, I never knew you. Because there are people who equate being a child of God by with being in a church. You can go to church all you want. If you do not know the Lord Jesus, you don't know him. You know, you have to accept him. But what the, what the revelation the Lord was giving was this. He said, this centurion came from an outsider. He's an outsider. But he had heard what Jesus did. And so he had faith in the word of God. He had faith in the word of Christ. Jesus offered. And I want you to pay attention to this. Jesus offered to come to his house to come and heal his servant. But he said, Lord, I don't even need you to come. Lord, I do not even deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word. This is what Jesus called that man's faith, great faith. Why? He believed the word of God. Because he was able to equate if Jesus has authority to heal the sick by laying hands on the, on the sick, by telling some go, you are set free. Then Jesus offering to come to his house is not necessary. He said, just say the word. Because if you have authority over sickness, then just the word should be enough. Because he said, I'm even a man, a man with authority. I have servants under me because he was a centurion. He had about 100 people under his command. He said, I tell this servant, go. And he goes, do this. And he does this. So if me, a human being, have authority over men to command men to do what I want, then if Jesus, glory to God, the son of the living God, has authority over sickness, when, he, when you say the sickness will leave, I believe that that sickness should leave because the same authority should work. <laughs> Jesus called this man's faith great because he believed in the word of God. And so what Jesus is saying, that there are many, he said, I tell you, there are many that, will, that, that come from the east and the west and will take their place at the feast. That feast is that divine nature. At the feast in the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is the kingdom of the spirit. The kingdom of heaven, the promised land, is, 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 is what was brought to us by the spirit. Is that the kingdom of heaven where the, the, there is what? There is liberty. There is miracles. There is signs and wonders. There is deliverance. He said many will come and enjoy that kingdom of heaven. But the people who have been sitting under, glory to God, the subjects, the people who have been hearing the word but have no faith will be thrown outside into the darkness. What we are saying is that there are people 
that will sit in the house of God. There are people that will hear the word of God. To them, the word is nonsense. They do not believe. And there are people who hear the word of God. They may say that they believe in God. They may say that they trust in God. But actually, in your heart, they do not believe in God. They look at the word of God as nonsense. Because they always evaluate the word of God in the lens of the natural. This is why the scripture says, Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that you can test and approve what God's will is. When you begin to analyze and compare what the natural says to the word of God. Glory to God. The natural may say anything. And this is the point where I'm coming to. I'm not there yet. Oh, but I'm pressing. The, the Apostle Paul said, we, we forget what is behind and press forward towards the higher calling of God. Glory to God. This is where I am going. That no matter what happens in the natural, if it is not in alignment with the word of God, I reject it. People may make fun of me all they want. They can speak ill of me all they want. I don't care. This is what the scripture says. I was crucified with Christ. I no longer live. You can make fun of me. Jesus said, a servant is not greater than his master. They said Jesus was possessed by a demon. The son of God. Driving out demons. Healing the sick. Doing good. If they said that man. If they said the Lord is evil. If they said the, the Lord is crazy. They literally told Jesus that he's out of his mind. Because the things he was saying did not make sense to the carnal mind. Even to the point that his own disciples, some of them deserted him. When Jesus said, in order for you to inherit eternal life, in order for you to come to know me, in order for you to come to know the Father, you have to eat my body and drink my blood. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. The word of God. And this is what I have come to know. This is what I have come to understand. When the word of God comes, glory to God, it is either going to convict your heart and bring you into faith in God, or it is also going to be a stumbling block for you. Because the scripture says, he said, Lord, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone that caused people to stumble glory to God but whoever has believed in him that stone becomes the cornerstone it becomes the living stone glory to God and that living stone is Christ Jesus and we also the apostle Peter said we also have been called as living stones the rejected stone of the world has become a living stone and so the Bible says he he, he uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise and this is why Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 40. He said, have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning that the Lord is everlasting, that he never grows tired or weary, that his understanding no one can fathom. There is no mind in this world. There is no understanding in this world that can, can, can compare to the understanding of God, to the wisdom of God. The Bible says he makes the wisdom of this world as nothing. Glory to God. He said, all oh, men are like grass and all their glory. It's like the flowers of the field. I do not know any man that has lived forever. I do not know anyone who has stayed in power forever. But the scripture says, oh, his kingdom reigns forever and ever. He who knew no sin may was made sin for us so that in him we we might become the righteousness of God that we may come into the fullness of the inheritance so that by the power of the spirit and the word we can experience and enjoy the divine nature that is wisdom the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom knowledge of him that is understanding 
but the world. Oh, and, 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 and my prayer. Father, prepare me because I know that day will come. That day will come. People will say, I'm crazy. That day will come. I know that day will come. People will think I'm nuts. If they call the Son of God, if they call the Lord Jesus as possessed by a demon, he told the disciples, he said, I tell you, I'm giving you this prophecy. I'm giving you this word so that when it comes, then you know that I want you. He said, if they listen to my message, they will listen to yours. It's the scripture says, whoever the apostle Paul, he says, when he was preaching, when the apostle Paul was going about from city to city, tearing down boundaries, people throwing away false gods, the Greeks rose up against him to the point that the Holy Spirit had to intervene and cause some man to, to get blind and die on the spot. Because of the power of the gospel. Because that, mind, that, 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 that evil spirit was working through that man to pervert the gospel. But the gospel cannot be perverted. The gospel is the word of God. He said, because he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Because in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith. And from faith to faith. Just as it is written, that it just shall live by faith. I know that day will come. I know that day will come. Where people say, this guy is crazy. I thought I knew this guy from time past. But the things he's saying now, it is stupid. The things he's saying now, does not make sense to the kind of mind. Because I do not preach the wisdom of God. But I preach the word about Christ. I proclaim the good news. The truth of the gospel of Christ has made known to me by revelation. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace. Giving me through the work of his power. Although I'm less than the the least of all his people, this grace he's given us to preach to the world the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain his mystery, which in times past was kept in him who created all things. His intent, God's intent, is that now. You see, we do not wrestle. I, I, I do not wrestle against human beings. I know that. I know that. I do not wrestle against human beings. I wrestle against. I do not wrestle against flesh and blood. The scripture says. He said God's intent was that now through us, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the authorities and rulers of this dark world. The spirits that work through people. That's whom we are fighting against. But the good news, the Bible says the spirit of the Lord testifies that they already stand condemned. So I know I'm dealing with condemned spirits. They're already condemned. They're already condemned. And so I know that day will come. I know. But the Lord, who is good, He prepares His servants. This is why, this is why He makes His servants flames of fire. Because without the infilling of the Spirit, and without the power of the Spirit in you, if you're not full of the Spirit, when that persecution comes, because the gospel brings persecution. This word of God, it would cause people you know to hate you. The word of God can cause your own family people to reject you. They will think you are crazy. The gospel can be a stumbling block. A stumbling stone. The Bible says it is a stumbling stone to those who, who, who reject it. And the Bible says, I lay in Zion. A stumbling stone. 
that cause people to stumble. If you cause the people of God, if you cause the Israelites who knew the law, who knew how to please God through the works of the law, if it caused them to stumble, what do you think it would do for this world? This world that is perverted, this world that is moving away from God, this world that is filled with wickedness. Oh, it brings persecution. But what I've seen is that a lot of us are conforming because of the persecution of the gospel. We have conformed to the ways of the world and we have quenched the spirit. And when we quench the spirit, now the message of the cross begins to be about the flesh, how you can get things in the world, how you can succeed in life and all of that. Not that all those things are bad. They're good. But you can, the Bible says, what, 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 what would it profit a man if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? What, what is the profit thereof? I renounced. I renounced the world when I dedicated my life to Christ. There is always this constant battle of do you pursue an ambition in the natural or do you pursue or dedicate yourself to God? I choose the latter. I choose just as Abraham said. Abraham, Abraham spoke something to the, the, the king of, of Sodom. He said, I have raised my hands and I have made a covenant with the God, the Lord God, the Lord God Almighty, that I will not take anything from you so that you will not stand anywhere and say that I made you rich. And then later the Lord spoke to Abraham. He said, you are, I am your everything. Whatever I gain is from the Lord. Whatever I lose is for Christ. Glory to God. The Apostle Paul says, because of him, I have lost all things so that I may gain Christ. <coughs> he had pedigree in the world. He had a, a certain social standing before men. But he said, because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, because of him, I have lost all things so that I may gain him. That I may gain him. He said he died so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them. He said, Christ's love compels us because we know that one died for all and therefore all died. So that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and was raised to life again. Glory to God. It brings persecution. But the good news is that when you are full of the Spirit, this is why Stephen was able to praise God. This is why Stephen, in, in, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of being stoned to death, Stephen was able to see the kingdom. He said, Behold, I see the Lord standing at the right hand of the throne of God. Glory to God. He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Forgive them. When you're full of the Spirit, even in the midst of persecution, even in the midst of adversity, you still praise God, you still forgive. Because you know, there's this love, the love of Christ in your heart. He said, the darkness is passing away and the true light of God 
God is shining. And we are children of the light. And the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And I pray, I pray to my Father, I pray to the King of Kings, the Father prepares, oh God, for when the time comes, that we'll be able to stand for the true word, spoken in all power and authority. Father, so that their hope may not rely on human wisdom, but on God's power. As I bring this message to a close, I, I, I don't know why the Spirit of the Lord led me in this direction. This is not what I planned to discuss. But I think the Holy Spirit is bringing us back to level set. Go back to the basics. This was the first message the Lord gave me. To the basics. Dedicate yourself to the Lord. Dedicate yourself to the living God. I believe that if we're able to dedicate ourselves to God, we'll be able to walk in the light of not just his will, permissible will, but perfect will. Perfect will of God. As of this week, I charge you, I challenge you, go back to the basics of rededication and submitting to the will of God. And do not conform to the ways of the world, but let us renew our minds with the word of God, especially in these times that we live in. It is very, very important for us to renew our minds. Renew our minds. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. And the mind, the, the heart receives what comes through the mind. And so we have to guard our minds with the word of God. Renew our minds so that we'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. And his will is good. It is pleasing. You see, the, the, the New King James said, acceptable. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Pleasing means it's acceptable. Acceptable to you. Because you have the Spirit of Christ in you, you yourself will prove it. You will know that it is good. And you will be able to accept it because it fulfills what that pleasing. What, what, what the understanding that came to me is, is that it fulfills your individual needs. That will of God Will, will, will be pleasing to you. It is acceptable to you because it fulfills your individual needs. And he said, it's perfect. Perfect. What, what, I, what I understand from perfect is it's tailor-made for you. The will of God for you is different from the will of God for me. But in the long run, it all should bring glory to God. It all should cause Christ to be glorified. Because this is why scripture says that we are the light of the world. So therefore, we should let our light shine before others. So all will see the good deeds. So that, that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God, it's, it's, it's supposed to cause us to walk in that reasonable service that God has called us to, so that glory, glory will go to the Father. Glory will go to the Father. The people will look at us and say, hey, I believe that there is a God. I believe that this God is good because the scripture says he's good and his love endures forevermore. So as I bring this message to a close, I, I, I want to stand in faith with anyone 
at the sound of my voice. If you want to rededicate your life to Christ, if you have quenched the Spirit of God in you, and you want a rekindling of your spirit, you want your spirit to be rekindled so that you can come back into that will, that good, that pleasing and perfect will for your life. I want to stand in prayer with you. I want to stand in prayer with you. And I, and I, and I, and I, and I want to play this song, Jesus Saves. Because he is the foundation of our faith. The Bible says we should fix our thoughts on Jesus in Hebrews. He said, fix your thoughts on Christ, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. The Bible says in times past, he spoke to the past generation. The old generation, he spoke to them through the prophets in various times and in various ways. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by the Lord Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus is, is the exact radiance of God's glory. The exact representation of his being sustaining all things by the word of his power. The Lord is sustaining all things <clears throat> by his powerful word. So if you are the sound of my voice. And if you've moved away from the will of God for your life. If you're still trying to figure out what that will is. I want to stand in faith with you. I want to pray with you. That the spirit of Christ. Will direct your path. That the Holy Spirit. Will bring you into alignment. And give you the grace. Give you the strength. And bring you into the truth. Of that which is his good, pleasing, or acceptable, and perfect will for your life. Heavenly Father, your word has gone forth. Lord, this is the mandate that you have given us. The scripture says in the last days you pour out your spirit on our flesh. The scripture says you make your servants flames of fire. Just as your word went out to the disciples. Just as your word went out to the apostles. And the scripture says you testify to the word. He said how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation. This salvation which was first announced by the Lord. And which was confirmed to us by those who heard him. And God testified to it by signs, wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the spirit distributed according to his will so father right now in the name of jesus by the power of your word we have studied that in order for us to come into your perfect will we have to dedicate ourselves and renew our mind with your word and not conform to the ways of the world and so father i present everyone in the sound of our voice by the power of your word that you equip them in the name of jesus that by the power of the spirit of god you rekindle your spirit Help them to renew their mind in the name of Jesus. Give them the grace. The grace. The scripture says. Since the children have flesh and blood. You do share in our humanity. So that by your death. You might break the power of him. Who holds the power of death. And free those who all their lives. Were held in slavery by the affair of death. The scripture said it is not angels you help. But Abraham descendants. We are descendants of Abraham. Because we have believed in you. And the scripture says, since you shared in our humanity, the 
that you bear our difficulties. You know, because the scripture says you also suffered when you were tempted. So you are able to help those who are being tempted. Oh, Spirit of a living God, I pray in the name of Jesus. Anyone, oh God, who needs a rekindling of the Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, rekindle the Spirit right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, great mighty one. The Bible says when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will bring us into the truth. He will make known to us what is yet to come. And he will testify about it. Oh, great mighty Holy Spirit of God. Be released right now. Open up your spirit. And receive, 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 receive his anointing. Receive the grace. The power. And the Bible says, when they waited, they saw what seemed to be like tongues of fire, and they were filled with the spirit and began to speak in other tongues. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Your spirit is being rekindled. Your mind is being renewed. You are being given ability to walk in the light, to walk in the glory of the Son of God and to come into His perfect will for your life. Father, I thank you. I bless you. I honor you that you have heard us this afternoon. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.